We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Thanks for joining us and uh, for being a supporter of American Family Radio, by the way. You know, we couldn't do this if it wasn't for so many of you, tens of thousands of you out there uh, that donate regularly and uh, and help us to, to get the truth out there. Is anybody else realized it's hard to find truth these days? Uh, there's so much fake news and there's so much uh, just just effort to manipulate and, and distort instead of just laying the facts out and telling the truth. And uh, so you get a lot of uh, of the truth here on a wide variety of topics. Uh, so we cover a lot of different things. And of course, here on AFA at the core, we, we talk about core principles. What are the principles of, of liberty? What are the biblical principles that produce a good society? If you want to live in freedom, if you want to enjoy the blessings of liberty, Thomas Paine said you have to undergo the fatigues of supporting it. So how do you support those things that produce liberty? You got to know the formula. You got to know what the inputs are to get the good outputs. And we're in the mess we're in in America because of all the garbage garbage in, we're now getting garbage out. So we can change that by changing the inputs, changing the good stuff, uh, putting the good stuff into the culture and, uh, and and getting rid of this poison of cultural Marxism. So that's what we talk about here on AFA at the core is, is, is how to do that. What are the principles? How do we how do we put them into the culture? And then, of course, what the hot topics of the day are and, and, and just looking at those topics from a biblical, historical and constitutional perspective. And uh, boy, there's plenty of things we could pick today to chat about. I'm going to start in Arizona. I do want to give out the phone number, though, because I'd c- love to hear from you. Your comments, questions, insults, whatever you got, send them our way, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Would love to hear from you. Let's start in Arizona because I think right now, I think literally like right this minute, the hearing is starting in Arizona, Carrie Lake, of course, the gubernatorial candidate that um, you know supposedly barely lost that election by just a few thousand votes to the um, essentially Arizona version of staying in the basement and not campaigning, uh, Katie Hobbs, who you know was hard to be found on the uh, election uh, trail and impossible to be found at an actual debate, unwilling to take on her opponent at all. Um, you know, Katie Hobbs, horrible candidate, probably one of the worst candidates in American history. And somehow she supposedly won this election against what I would argue was the best candidate in my lifetime. And and I say that because she was so good at the press conferences, at the speeches, at the um, dealing with with things off the cuff. I mean, I don't know how she's going to govern if she turns this thing around and becomes governor. Um, she hasn't been in an elected office, which is always a risk. So you don't know if some, what somebody's saying, if they're just a good performer, she's been on TV for a long time, most of her life, so she could be, but I'm, I don't know. I've got a pretty good, I don't know, the Lord's, you know, we all got our spiritual gifts. Discernment, I think, is one of mine, and, and being able to tell if someone's genuine or not, or whether or not they're going to, you know, uh, do what they said they were going to do, and I, I think she's uh, one of the good ones. But at any rate, she did lose on election night based on the count. However, as we all know, or hopefully you've heard, uh, Maricopa County was an absolute disaster. It had half the machines not working at one point on Election Day. People turned away. People sent to other voting locations, went to two or three locations, gave up, couldn't vote. We don't know how many thousands of people that happened to. There's also all kinds of problems with the system itself. And so Carrie Lake, last, I want to say Thursday afternoon, it might have been Friday, 
filed a lawsuit. I was actually it was Thursday because I was with her at an event in Arizona on Thursday, and the lawsuit was filed that afternoon. And uh, so anyway, there's a hearing taking place right now. The judge has called in both Carrie Lake and Katie Hobbs. I'm assuming this has is actually taking place. This is what the article in the Epic Times said was going to happen at at one o'clock Central, two p.m. Eastern. Um, and I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the judge is going to ask or do. Uh, uh, apparently, you know, he's indicated he's going to fast track this thing, which of course is the appropriate thing to do. Uh, Peter Thompson is the judge's name. I don't know anything about this judge, whether they have a Republican or Democrat background or any of that. Why am I spending so much time on Arizona? I know this is a national program. Most of our listeners are obviously in other states, since there's 49 other states, but we do have a lot of listeners in Arizona. Because I still think this was the most important election on election night. I still think this race for governor of Arizona is a bellwether. It's going to be a great indicator, good or bad, for where we're headed in the next 10, 12, 15, 20 years, frankly, the next generation. <clears throat> and Carrie Lake was someone that, that if she became governor of Arizona, would seal the border, would do all the things that we've tried to get Greg Abbott to do in Texas and actually do them, not just say he, she was going to do them, but do them. I believe she may turn out to be all hat, no cattle, sort of like Greg Abbott, but, but I think she was actually going to do it. And because she ran, it forced Greg Abbott to become more action-oriented and actually do some of the things that he said, including finally, because Carrie Lake was doing it, Alan West was doing it, Don Huffines was doing it, some of them at my uh, urging and advice, and uh, Carrie Lake, not so. She first time I heard her say these things was when I was on a show with her, and uh, but um, they understood Article Four, Section Four, Article One, Section Ten of the Constitution. The fact that Article Four, Section Four, it's the government, the federal government's job to seal the border, control immigration, repel invasions, all that good stuff, guarantee us to be a republic. When they don't do that, Article One, Section Ten allows the states to repel an invasion. There is no question there's an invasion. Look at the footage of what happened Sunday in El Paso. Thousands and thousands of illegal aliens coming across the border. And I know those that phrase to some of you is a trigger phrase and offensive. That is the proper term for what we're talking about here. I am all for more immigration. My philosophy has been for 30 years I've said this, a thousand times harder to get in illegally and a thousand times easier to get in legally. I want these people that are seeking asylum. I want these people that are seeking just good hard work to come to America and work. We need them. We need them and they need us. But we have to know who is coming across our border. We have to know who they are. We have to know where they're going and they have to do it legally and they have to earn their spot, not just pay some cartel. We've emboldened and and equipped and empowered the mob, the, 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 the absolute most evil people alive today, these cartels are awful, and we've given them control of our border. It's got to stop. Okay, I'm going off on tangents here. It's got to stop. And Carrie Lake was someone that was going to force more of, of the positive actions. And Greg Abbott did finally, finally invoke the invasion clause in Article 1, Section 10. For years, he has refused to do that and, and refused to even acknowledge that it was possible to do that, that it was constitutional to do that. He's been one of those guys that came through the legal system as a district judge and then a Texas Supreme Court judge and then attorney general. And so, you know, because the Supreme Court years ago in the Arizona, uh, the U.S. v. Arizona case um, said that it was only a federal issue, even though Scalia dissented in that decision, um, you know, Abbott's just kind of followed that decision instead of being willing to, to buck that and say, no, we have the ability to seal our border when it's in such horrible um, condition. So there's positive movement in Texas. Greg Abbott's moving the right direction ever so slowly, but he's moving the right direction because of the pressure from Kerry Lake, Ron DeSantis, uh, Alan West, Don Huffines, all these people. 
Had Kerry Lake won the election on election night, oh, I'm telling you, man, progress and movement fast would be happening right now. Fortunately, she's not given up, so she is a fighter. And so now there is this lawsuit where she's going in and either, uh, you know, attempting to just throw out Maricopa County, uh, which there, another lawsuit may come on, on specifically that, but but either throw out Maricopa County because of all of its illegal activity and craziness, or have a, a redo. Actually, have another election, and people say, "Oh my goodness, Rick, that's crazy." Why, that, that's what you do when the system is spoiled. When someone does things that make it so, I mean, it's just like in sports. If you find out that a ref was cheating or on the take or you you have some chaos that happens in the middle of the game or it's rained out in the second inning, you play the game over. You, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you have to do a do-over. We did that in a race for Congress just a few years ago in North Carolina. A judge ordered that race to, to um, be redone because of a bunch of shenanigans in the election. So this is not outside the realm of possibility. Uh, let's pray that something positive happens in Arizona. This lawsuit's a big deal. Phone number, if you want to participate today, 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. So we'll uh, we'll keep up to date. We'll follow. I'll try to keep an eye on that uh, that hearing. And if something new comes out about that, uh, if somebody else hears it first, please call in and share. Um, otherwise, I'll try to keep one eye open on uh, that and, uh, and, and come back to that. Okay, another piece of... Um, uh, I started to say uh, just news. No, this is good news. Uh, court permanently blocks Biden administration's transgender mandate. Now, remember that that this is a this is a, a presidential administration that has governed by executive order. And 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 please take our constitution class so that you know there are constitutional executive orders. An executive order is not unconstitutional just because it's an executive order. A constitutional executive order is is a proper use of the president's power in Article Two to execute the law. And a, a constitutional executive order is one that is literally executing a law, and a law comes from where everybody that grew up on Schoolhouse Rocks, sing it with me now, I'm a bill from Capitol Hill, right? So a law comes from Congress, yes, the elected representatives of the people, which means there's never been a law that required you to wear a mask on an airplane or anywhere else. And so it's, it's crazy that we allowed a presidential speech to require that, and then eventually an executive order. But at any rate, a law is made by Congress, and then it's executed by the executive branch. And so if, if you need to do an executive order to clarify, to, 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 to implement that law, there's often Congress will, will set a big goal, fund that big goal, but the details get done by the administration. That's perfectly fine. That's not what President Biden has been doing. He has been making up the law. He has been coming up with things that could not possibly get through the lawmaking body of, of Congress, and that includes his radical, incredibly evil, anti-biblical, leftist agenda when it comes to sexuality and, 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 and the human, uh, frankly, just the, the, the whole um, you know, idea of, of how we interact with each other as human beings. He's trying to destroy that. That is the LGBTQ agenda when it comes to this transgender thing. It's shaking your fist at God and saying, I don't care how you made me. I don't care that you said there would be male and female. Um, I'm going against that. I refuse to accept that. And we have a, a man occupying the White House and a woman occupying the, the vice president position of vice president that are sold out to that agenda. They think it is immoral to not support and, and force this transgender agenda on our children. They want children to be handed over to this evil evil agenda, and they've been pushing it over and over and over again. Well, the president's been slapped down many times for his executive orders, and this time on his transgender mandate. So 
uh, this is a a way of of basically trying to this was you know and Obama was was the one pushing this initially and then and then Biden of course uh, trying to push it through as well um, and and it essentially forces our um, you know private industries and private companies to fund a bunch of this this transgender agenda and so a lot of a lot of groups and organizations sued and so the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit has issued a unanimous ruling. Uh, blocking this controversial um, transgender mandate. So that's good news, folks. All right, so we got some good news. The lawsuit in, in Arizona, uh, hopefully uh, moving forward in a positive way. We'll see what happens out there with, with Carrie Lake. And by the way, my, my friend Mark Fincham that's, um, that was running for Secretary of State there, uh, and I believe the Attorney General candidate also uh, joining that, that lawsuit. So Arizona is very important to watch. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, you can call in if you want to participate, 888 589 8840. We'll try to get in one call before we go to break. Got to make it a quick one. Kevin from Illinois. Go ahead, man. Kevin, you're our first caller today. What you thinking? Hey, Kevin, go ahead, man. I can't hear you. I don't know if that's a studio issue or if we lost you. But since we're down to just a few seconds, Kevin, keep trying. And when we come back from the break, uh, we will uh, we will we will pipe in with you and find out what your question or comment or insult is all about. And uh, hopefully, I can find out on the break if that hearing took place and folks are uh, uh, duking it out in Arizona over over this outcome. And of course, by the way, folks, you know it's not just Arizona where, where there were problems. I, you know, I just uh, in fact, I'll probably share this interview later this week or next week. Uh, I was just, just talking to a state senator in Alaska where they did this ranked choice voting. I don't know if you've heard of this or not, but this ranked choice voting is a disaster. Uh, it was a complete disaster in, in Alaska. It's going to be a disaster everywhere that adopts it. Nevada is is on the path to adopt it. So if you have any friends in the legislature of your state, encourage them not to do ranked choice voting. It's confusing. It's a mess. It allows for more complications. Um, it makes it very difficult on the voters, um, and it and it rewarded progressives. Every time it's been implemented, it rewards progressives. It's why Lisa Murkowski is going to go back to the U.S. Senate, um, and Sarah Palin lost, and all these bad things happened in Alaska as a result of this. It's called ranked choice voting, and it's not a good idea. You get five candidates on the ballot, you go in and you rank your votes, and and uh, it's just a, it's just a mess. It's complicated, difficult, not good for a constitutional. Republic. Going to take a quick break. When we come back, I see all you calling in there. We'll get to as many of those as we possibly can. 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, and you are listening to AFA at the Core. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. It's not by chance that Jesus refers to his church as the body. Just as it is with our physical bodies, every member has a distinct role and function to fulfill. Unfortunately, in this era of celebrity Christianity, we've reduced the concept of ministry solely to what occurs and what is often little more than Sunday productions and performances. The key to thriving in God's kingdom is understanding that every member in the body of Christ is vital and is called to ministry. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for the Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net. For more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. If you've ever glanced at the YouTube video your daughter is watching and been surprised or even shocked, then you know that feeling in your stomach. You might ask yourself, how did she even find that? YouTube's recommendations algorithm is the short answer. Those intriguing right margin options can lead down a dark rabbit trail. But the heart of the issue comes from ongoing conversations with your girl about what she's watching. The New Testament's garbage in, garbage out concept can guide your conversations with her. God cares about what we watch and hear and how it affects our hearts and our actions. Though you might wince at the hard conversations, teaching her how to navigate the world of internet videos through sanctified eyes is worthwhile. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. The credit card debt happened when my daughter was born. I was using one credit card account to roll over into another credit card account, and it was snowballing. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. When I first called Trinity, the representative understood the need based on the situation. There were great people to work with. From the first phone call that I made, they had me on a track to mitigate the credit card debt. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. Working with Trinity gave me the ability to save thousands of dollars. My name's Doug, and thanks to Trinity, I'm debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Back here on AFA at the core, Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you this afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. The phone number to call is 888-589-8840. I'm going to jump into those calls, but I just saw a headline I have to to share. This is crazy. Alaska has a trial coming up on whether or not a Republican state lawmaker can be barred from office for being a member of Oath Keepers. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, people? We're going to stop this guy from running for office because he's a member of Oath Keepers? This whole made-up insurrection, the worst supposed insurrection in history, not a single weapon there to impose your insurrection, if that's what you were actually after, this is insane. We're going to keep people from running for office because they swore to uphold the Constitution. Just think about that for a minute. That's, That's what the Oath Keepers are about. And we're going to say because this guy's a member of Oath Keepers. Now, I haven't even read whether or not he was there on January 6th. Did he Did he storm the Capitol? Did he break anything? Did he attack a police officer? Uh, you know, he's probably there singing hymns well, along with most of the people that were there. Anyway, I'll look into it and see. But just the headline was enough for me to have to have to share a little there. Okay, let's jump to the phones. Christina is calling from, I think, Arkansas. Go Hogs, go. What part of Arkansas are you calling from, Christina? Christina, don't make me call the hogs. Woo pig suey. All right, I don't hear her, and so we may have a connection issue on me here in the calls. Guys, let me know if if that's what's going on. We can try. I think Kevin was back Hello. with us. Oh, no, I hear you. Hey, Christina, you there? Hello? Oh, hey, yeah. See, now we can now we can call the hogs together. You ready? No, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it. Yeah. I, I, 
<laughs> what part of Arkansas are you calling from? I'm calling from Traskwood, Arkansas. Wait a minute. Tra- where is that? Traskwood, Arkansas. It's right past Haskell. Oh, okay. I know where Haskell is. Okay, Traskwood. Okay, yeah. you're my first. That's the first time I've. Man, I'm from Little Rock. I, 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 you know, I got, we go all over Arkansas, and I've probably driven through there, but I just didn't recognize it. Go ahead, Christina. Sorry, I'm reminiscing. I'm being nostalgic, yeah, and I'm supposed fine. to be taking your call. You go for it. You're fine. Um, I was just wondering if the next president um, can strike down this Disrespect for Marriage Act. Man, good question. Um, not on their own. Um, you know, if, if, if it, you know, once it's a law, um, it would be impossible for the president to, to get rid of it on their own. Now, they can. There are certain things you can do within the execution of the laws we were just talking about um, that, that can sometimes make a law less bad, that get really getting into the weeds, and I don't even know what those specifics would be on this particular one. Um, but it would it would have to be, I think the only way this thing's going to get struck down, two possibilities. One is going to be if you get a new president and a new Congress, you know, and you overturn it and get the president to sign that and, and reverse it, which will be very, very difficult. The problem with these kind of things is once they're in, it is so hard to get, get people. It's it's easier to get them to vote it against it when you're when you're going from a definition of marriage that's, you know, been throughout human history uh, to this new you know, unknown definition that's been in the last 15 minutes of human history. Um, it's much it's much easier to try to get people to not vote for that change than it is to get them to vote to change back, if that makes sense, because it becomes culturally accepted. Yeah. So I think that option is going to be very, very hard, even with a Republican Congress and even with a good president. Uh, the courts may end up striking it down. I mean, this is definitely a violation of federalism. And so based on the decisions from the Supreme Court this summer with regard to even abortion being a state issue, not a federal issue, they may very well say, and I think this bill definitely, this law definitely violates the constitutional concept of federalism and states' rights, and you're forcing states to do something that another state wanted to do. And I think there's a decent chance we beat it in the courts. But I, I don't, uh, it can't be a one stroke of the pen like Democrats like to do, where they, they think with a phone and a pen they can make law. Um, you know, it would be a, a Republican, a conservative, constitutional president that would want to reverse this and hopefully would then know that they can't constitutionally do that. Does that make sense? Yes. All right. Well, thanks for calling in and I appreciate you being a part of the program. Let's try Kevin again. We were trying Kevin earlier. Kevin in Illinois, I think I got you back. Are you, uh, we got a better signal with you? Yes, I do. Rick, can Uh, you hear me? I do, man. Go for it. Hey, uh, I appreciate your energy and your education you provide, but my question is about recall elections. Is federal elections available to have recall elections? Definitely nothing in the Constitution about that. And uh, and so, you know, I would argue that constitutionally the only way that you can remove a, a member of Congress uh, for an action or whatever it might be um, is that the body itself has to do that? That that the that the house has to remove. They have power to to set those rules and and decide whether or not to remove a member. And then the Senate has the power to do that. It's it's one reason. And I don't know if you've heard much about this 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 Brunson case out of Utah. A lot of people are talking about it, saying, "Oh, the Supreme Court's going to hear this." They're not actually going to hear it. I mean, it's basically like mailing it in and saying, "Please hear it." And they get ten thousand requests. They have not granted cert. Uh, I don't believe it'll be heard. But it's it's a request basically to unseat like 350 members of Congress and the president and the vice president because they didn't do their job on 
on January 6th. It's, you know, it's more likely that, that you and I both win the lottery in every state that it's offered without buying a ticket. That's more likely than that this thing's going to, the Supreme Court's going to actually remove all these people. Anyway, that's not what you were asking about. I just, I've been meaning to talk about that on the program because I don't want people to get false hope when they hear about some of those things. But uh, uh, did you have a specific scenario uh, with regard to removing or having well, a recall? Well, Sandy Rios, I know she was adamant about two years ago uh, against Dick Durbin being reelected. And, you know, he's a federal senator, U.S. senator, you know, and then like Carrie Lake, she could do a recall after this moves forward, which is basically a redo. Yeah, so I, I would I would clarify. And first of all, I think Dick Durbin's one of the worst U.S. senators we've ever had in our history. And uh, so I'm with Sandy on that one for sure. Um, but but I would clarify or, or, or I guess uh, try to distinguish between a recall and what's happening in Arizona right now. So Katie Hobbs has not actually taken office yet, so it wouldn't be a recall. And even if she had taken office, if you're still suing on the integrity of the election and saying that things happened that were illegal, it wouldn't be a recall. It'd be a redo. Typically, a recall is going to be because somebody got into office and, and well, in fact, just a, a real-life example. So some states have specifically recall statutes. So we've seen in California twice in my lifetime uh, efforts to recall the California governor. The last one failed. It was an effort to recall Newsom because his lockdowns were so horrible, and apparently the people of California love being locked down and told they can't go to church or anything else because they uh, they didn't um, do the recall. Now, there may have been cheating. I don't know, but bottom line is it didn't happen. That's Larry Elder stepped up to run against him on that one. But remember, that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger got into office. Gray Davis was recalled by the people of California. And the statutes typically require a huge number of signatures that gets the recall petition essentially on the ballot, and then the state says this person is doing such a horrible job or doing the opposite of what they said they would do, and so we want to recall them. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of recall statutes, of even allowing for recalls, because I, I just think that's what elections are for. And, and if somebody cheated to get elected and there's, there's fraud or there's, there's corruption or whatever, there's other remedies like impeachment when it's that bad. Recalls tend to just make it an ongoing, never-ending election process so i don't know i probably muddied the water there a little bit kevin but but yeah that that would be that'd be my take on it um don't know if that answered your question or just raised more questions but thank you for calling in man appreciate it let's head over to uh let's see mark is calling from huntsville texas i think that's let's see huntsville is where we have the big huge statue of sam houston right is that in huntsville i think it's in huntsville anyway uh mark go ahead man what's your comment or question today oh we lost mark okay how about Rory, or you do have Mark. Rory, okay. Rory in uh, North Carolina. Is it Rory or Rory? It, it's Rory, and it's it's Tennessee. Oh, it's in Tennessee, and you got two R's? Yes, yes sir, R-O-R-Y. So like Roy Feet, the, the, the songwriter. Yeah, uh, Rory Calhoun. You ever heard of that old cowboy? No, Roy Calhoun. I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> But, he, he's before your time. He's before, before my, your time. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. I did get to I did get to see Roy Roy Feek in uh, in a little concert at my buddy Paul Sika, Pastor Paul Sika, uh, in his barn. It, it literally it was a barn uh, concert, and uh, and Roy was just incredible, man. It was it was so good, uh, and what a great witness. He's got a wonderful testimony. But anyway, I totally sidetracked us there. Roy, go ahead, man. Not a problem. You touched on it a little bit already. Uh, the Loy Benson case, Loy Benson versus Adams. I can't, but it's 
it's supposedly it's 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 supposedly is set to be in conference January sixth, uh, going before the Supreme Court. You mentioned it earlier briefly. Actually, there's two cases. Are you following both cases, the Brinson brothers? Yeah. So the 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 Benson brothers out of Utah. That's the one I was following. I didn't know there. I didn't know there were two cases. And are you sure it's actually yeah, set on the docket to be heard? Because I, I yeah, know people not, are saying I'm that. Not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's on the docket. Yeah. I said it's up for review. I think it's called conference on the on the sixth of January. Ironic date, huh? Yeah, that would be that would be check very into, ironic. Um, yeah, and, check into that one. Yeah, I'll check. I would be shocked. Honest, I'll be just be blunt with you. I will be shocked and 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 awed if if the conference actually looks at and considers the case. But what what typically it means is there's ten thousand petitions that have been sent to the Supreme Court. People are asking them to hear it, and and they do a conference on the ones that uh, I think you have to. I forget what the number is that uh, of them that have to ask for it for it to actually be discussed in conference. Uh, and anyway, I don't know enough about them machinations of what happens behind the scenes but the chances just think about it this way this is the same supreme court that had a rock solid case brought to them where pennsylvania had violated the constitution on its face this was a no-brainer pennsylvania changed election law without the legislature involved complete violation of article one section four complete violation and when they when they did that uh, and, and it was challenged by people that were on the ballot, so they were definitely affected by this violation of the Constitution. The U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the case. They would not even hear the case, let alone find in favor and have those electors thrown out or have that election redone. They refused to hear the case, and it was rock solid. And in the dissent, Sam Alito and, and Thomas, and I forget who else, said, if we don't take this case, we're encouraging people to cheat. We're asking for people to continue to violate the Constitution. They wouldn't even hear that case, and that one was crystal clear. This one by the the the, the brothers and, and and all that. This one is is such a hail mary long shot. I mean, to ask for three fourths of Congress to be unseated by the judicial branch is is, in my opinion, a, this would be a violation of separation of powers. Anyway, I don't. I, I mean, there's no way. They're going to hear this case, and there's no way that they're going to boot people out of Congress or remove the president and the vice president uh, because the, the the Congress chose on January 6th not to investigate the electors. It's just not going to happen. I, I mean, I wish I wish that they had investigated the electors. They absolutely should have done so, but there's not even a constitutional requirement for them to do so. So it, it, it's just a it's more than a hail mary pass. I you know I I I, I just I hate false hope i don't like it when we get excited about a potential thing that's gonna you know yeah i had people telling me on january 19th don't worry donald trump is is still gonna be sworn in tomorrow as president of the united states i had people telling me after i mean as far as into march and april don't worry donald trump's actually still running the show from a basement somewhere in the pentagon i mean that's the kind of stuff that people get excited about, it, and I'm going. Listen, it's false hope. It's not, and I'm not. I'm not saying, Roy, that, that that's what. Uh, please don't take this personally. I'm not meaning that. I, I appreciate you calling, and I want to know about those cases. I'm talking about when we when we really, you know, we get so excited about something that is impossible or has such a long shot. And I'm not against taking long shots, man. I think you do those things. I think you file those lawsuits. I think you go for it. I just want to make sure that. As America's Constitution coach, that I'm always very blunt with you and very honest with you as my audience, and making it clear when something actually has a shot, <clears throat> when something's a you know literally slim to none, 
and and so far close to the side of none that you know normally I wouldn't even cover it. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bring it up except that it's everywhere right now. I mean it is it is viral. So you see, I get emails all the time. People, everybody talking about, hey, did you hear they're about to? Supreme Court is about to hear a case where they may throw out three, four. It's not. That's it's. They're not about to hear the case now. It may be in the pile of ten thousand petitions um, that you know that are going to be mostly rejected because only a handful of those will will actually be taken. That's true. That that anybody can do that if you've got the money to spend on the appellate lawyers. And in this case, they don't even have lawyers. I think they're doing it pro se if I if I remember right. But I will, Rory, look into whether or not whatever the second case is. I did not realize there's two cases potentially at the Supreme Court that would wipe out three-fourths of Congress. And I say that a little bit tongue-in-cheek, only because there is no way the judicial branch is going to unseat three-fourths of Congress. Okay, let's see if we've got time. I'm looking at the... Okay, let's try Mark in Texas before we go to break. Mark, go for it, man. Hello. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. Oh, wait. So can you hear it's, me now? It's a requirement when you call from Texas. you got to tell me where. Where in Texas? Oh, Huntsville. Oh, that's right. You're the yeah. Okay, that's who I was looking for earlier. Is am I remembering that right? Which college is it that's that's got the big? Well, Sam Houston, of course. But is that where Sam Houston is, or is Sam it Houston Academy? State University? In in okay, so you got that massive. I just love driving by that and seeing that massive statue of yeah, Sam Houston. That's yeah, that's the Sam Houston statue, which is the tallest statue of an American hero anywhere in the world. Now I did not know that. Okay, I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. I'm gonna fact check you on that, Mark, because I want to be able to say what you just said. Uh, whenever I'm visiting I with those, check it. <laughs> I, I, I will check it because you know, anytime you run into somebody that's not a Texan, you got to rub it in. Anything oh. <laughs> that's bigger and better in Texas, you got to make sure you rub it in. All right, brother, go ahead, man. <laughs> okay, well, I am originally from the Philippines, and what happens in the United States now is really scaring me, mm. uh, especially when I know of educated people who don't seem to understand what's happening. For example. I had a patient, I am a physical therapist, and this lady, a rich woman who lives by the lake, and uh, said to me uh, when she saw the television report of invasion at the borders, and I said to her, she asked my opinion, and I said to her that I do not like what's happening to your nation. And she Which said, is now well, your you nation as well. Hey, hey, Mark, I'm going to get you, to, can you hang on for a couple minutes? I got a hard break here I have yes, to sir. take. But I'm really curious what happened in this conversation, and, uh, and and I can tell you appreciate the freedom you've got here in America, and you appreciate a legal system for how to do this. So I'm, I'm really curious to talk to you more. I'm so sorry. i got to go to a hard break. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes, folks. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You are listening to AFA at the Core. By now, you know that Sandy Rios has stepped away from the morning show. But don't despair. Sandy is shifting her talents to podcasting. She'll still be a part of AFR. And now, she won't need to wake up hours before the sun to keep us informed and encouraged every day. On the podcast, Sandy Rios 24-7, you can enjoy the knowledge, insight, and interviews you've always loved on Sandy's morning show. Sandy Rios 24-7, beginning the week of January 9th on AFR.net. Dear One Million Moms, I've always thought that maybe your organization was making a mountain out of a molehill. But today, I can't.
cannot believe what I just saw on my TV. Concerned about the trash flowing into your home through today's media that simply will not censor itself? Make your voice heard. If you see trash in the media, tell us. Use the Submit Trash button at 1millionmoms.com. That's 1millionmoms.com. And thanks. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. And it's true. The typical family switching to MediShare saves 500 bucks or more a month, which is obviously huge for a lot of people. But what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. There are 400,000 members. They've shared over $4 billion in medical bills, and it really is a great community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. And here's the thing. If you join MediShare Complete right now, they'll waive your new member fees, and you'll save an additional 10% off all of 2023. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month of next year, but it's a very limited-time offer. You have to sign up before December 31st. Great savings, great health care. Find out more. Call now, 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. A silent night? This is Ken Ham celebrating Christmas at Christmastown at the Creation Museum. This week, we're looking at the theology of Christmas carols. Today, we're thinking about Silent Night. Now, this song paints a picture of what it might have been like when Christ was born, describing it as calm and quiet with a sleeping Jesus. Of course, we don't know any of that, and it probably wasn't a silent night. After all, a baby had just been born, and later, a group of shepherds would come to visit the Saviour. The carol also mentions angels singing, but the Bible doesn't actually mention singing. It says the angels praised God. But the carol does praise Jesus as Lord at his birth. He wasn't just a baby. He was the Lord. Enjoy a garden of lights, live nativity, and more during Christmas Town at the Creation Museum, a free event. Plan your visit when you go to our website at AnswersRadio.com. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. We're back here on AFA at the Core. Thanks for staying with us. Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you. Having a great conversation with Mark from the Philippines originally and now in Texas. Found your way to God's country, didn't you, Mark? Yes, sir. That's so anyway, for all those non-Texans out there as well. Yeah, jump back in. Go ahead. You were talking to this gal. And she's telling you... Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a rich uh, white woman who is a patient of mine, or was, uh, has a beautiful lake house. And uh, as we were doing physical therapy, uh, the TV was showing the invasion at the border, but all these thousands of illegals coming in. Yeah. And he uh, she asked me what, the, what my opinion of it was. And I said, well, I do not agree with that. I think it should scare you as an American. And she goes to me, well, why? You don't have heart for these people? I said, ma'am, it's not that I don't have a heart for anybody, but it's just that there is a process we have to follow, just like I did follow the procedure you have for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, so she threw me out of the house. She said I had no compassion. Wow. Uh, and that, uh, you know, and I said to her, well, who is going to feed medical costs, education, and all those kind of things we need? for an individual whether an american or not and she said it's the problem of the government not for her as a man if they showed up at your backyard 
would you allow them into your house? Oh, that's the right question. And she said, well, it's, yep. And she said, it's the government's uh, duty. That is wow. what is scary, what's happening yeah. in this nation. As an immigrant or now a U.S. citizen, I am afraid that uh, there are many Americans who don't seem to be alarmed by what is going on. Last night, it was again on Fox News. People were lining up by the thousands coming into your country. And I do not feel that Americans are alarmed by this. Yeah. Mark, you're, man, I, I so appreciate your your words and your perspective, and, and I could not agree with you more. And, and, and it's like, you know, I could tell when you, it sounds like when you had the conversation with her, you know, even even to say if, if, if one person showed up at your at your doorstep and, and needed help and you felt like after talking to them for a while, yes, this is a person I want to help, we're going to put them in the guest room. But even then, would you put a stranger inside your home with your children? Would that make sense? And it's not that, though. It's, it's two dozen people show up at your front doorstep. You don't know any of them. You don't know any of their backgrounds. And there's no question that some of them are people that need compassion and need help and all of that. But you wouldn't put them in your own home and put your own children at risk. Uh, why would we do that as a country? And that's why there has to be vetting. Exactly. That's why there has to be a process. That's why, as I said, a thousand times easier. We ought to make it easier. It's ridiculous how complicated it is and how difficult it is for people that want to work to come here. But, man, to do what they're doing and claim that you don't have compassion, Mark, when you're, uh, you know, you get it. You, 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 you've come here and you enjoy the freedom. You did it the legal way, all that. And that you don't have compassion because you want you want others to come, but you want them to do it in a legal, organized fashion where we can actually truly help people, not just burn down the house and, and, and tear down the whole country. Man, I appreciate you, brother. I, 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 for a long time, thought that immigrants to America are the best voices of reason for defending liberty and keeping America from slouching towards this chaos that we're headed towards because you get it way better than we do. Mm. Mark, yeah. I appreciate and you, so man. Th- that's- yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Hey, man. Thank you for calling in. God bless you. I'm so glad you're here and that you're an American and that uh, that you understand the value of of a border, <laughs> the value of actually having, um, you know, some 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 guidepost and some some parameters on this thing. Such a good call, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for calling. OK, I think we have another Mark. So it's the Mark show today. This Mark is in Tennessee. Mark, go ahead, man. Mark from Tennessee. I'm in, I'm in Tipton County, just north of Memphis. All right, we're you already knew what my next question was. <laughs> we're, we're Republicans in a Democratic area in oh, Tipton man. County. Hey, in Memphis, I've is, got several. I've, is, is it I've spilling over? Comments. I know the crime in Memphis is as bad as anywhere in the country. Are you far enough out where it's not spilling over to you yet, or is it spilling over into your community? Tipton County is a peaceful, law-abiding, safe community. Good, good. Well, glad to hear it. I hope I you can several, keep it that way. Go ahead. I have several comments to build to one point. Yeah. Number one, it was either Madison or Hamilton that said that our form of government is only viable with an educated and moral citizenry. Number two, we've got people in office at all levels that do not defend or believe in the Constitution of the United States. They do not enforce it. And in fact, they're trying to destroy it. And and the Biden regime can be can be impeached when the time is right, because none of them are it's malfeasance and dereliction of duty towards being 
Yeah, no, I, I actually, Mark, I agree with you. I, I think in, what you said is is correct that that they are, they have violated their duty. They they have absolutely, um, you know, committed made decisions that have that have harmed America in such an awful way. And the dereliction of duty of of what they're expected to do to execute the law and 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 uphold the law with regard to our border, and they've refused to do it. I believe is impeachable. And I, I think you're going to see, I know you're going to see impeachment uh, in the House for uh, Mayorkas as as the, you know, essentially, and I know they called Kamala Harris the border czar, even though she's been once. Um, but, but in reality, Mayorkas is the one in charge of that policy and completely has failed and lied to the American people, as have Biden and Harris, saying that the border is is secure is is a flat out lie. And uh, so, yeah, man, I, I, I agree with you. And I think uh, I think if the Republican House that's about to take over, if they will do that and they will investigate these things like Hunter Biden and all of these backroom deals and all the ways that they've benefited uh, from uh, uh, Joe Biden being in office, if they if they will investigate those things and put the pedal to the metal and not be the old Republican, you know how the old Republicans, they get elected. And it's like, oh, we got to play nice now. We want people to think that we're nice. So they'll reelect us. No, no, more, none of that. We don't need politicians. We need patriots. A politician is only thinking about the next election. And so that's how they make their decisions and they play it safe. Playing it safe is not what creates American exceptionalism. We need to be dangerous, dangerous to the enemy, dangerous to apathy, and an absolutely existential threat to tyranny. And so this this Republican, new Republican Congress has got to be willing to be dangerous. They've got to be willing to be exactly what Ronald Reagan said after the space shuttle exploded. And he said the future does not, he said the reason we take risk, the reason we, we don't play it safe, is because the future does not belong to the faint-hearted, it belongs to the brave. Uh, superb call. Sorry, I got a little carried away there. Uh, let's see who's next up. I think, let's see, that was Mark. Help me out, guys. I think it's uh, Jake in Arkansas. Is that right? Geneva. Oh, uh, Geneva in Arkansas. Wow, we got a lot of Arkansas. I sh- it's because I called the hog, see? So so because when you say Woo Pig Suey, the Arkansas fans come from everywhere. Go, go ahead, Geneva. Are you there? Geneva. Hey, I took a chance, <clears throat> took a drink of my coffee, hoping I'd hear from you. Did I lose you, Geneva? Okay, I think we lost Geneva. How about, well, I'll tell you what, while we're figuring out who the next caller is, American colleges are mandating, this is a new headline I was just looking at, updated COVID booster shot again, and students are saying no, absolutely not. This is ridiculous. I mean, I cannot believe these colleges are still playing this game, folks. What does it take? How much data to show that it's not safe? It's not effective. It's neither of those things. So who would do a cost-benefit analysis at this point at 18 years old and say it makes sense to get yet another jab so that I can go to class? All of you students at Yale, Notre Dame, Harvard, Fordham, all these colleges that are still requiring this, leave. Do not give them your money. Go to another college. Go to Liberty or some other college, but do not go to these colleges like this. They're just going to give you left-wing indoctrination anyway. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Okay, who? I'm sorry. Okay, Roy in North Carolina, go for it. Hey, how you doing there? Yes, sir. I want to say God bless you there. But, well, God uh, bless um, you, man. Uh huh. I would uh, comment on the on the subject at hand, but I I've been trying for a while here. I I, uh, I wanted to was wondering if uh, if it was all possible that uh, there was a two or three documents that I certainly would appreciate if I could get those for. For two kids, one is eight years old and one is uh, just turned thirteen, 
and it, it was the uh, Gettysburg Address and the Declaration of Independence. And uh, I thought about it. I said, well, they know the Constitution, but it was the Bill of Rights. I'm old school, you know. I wanted to more or less plant these things on their walls in a the room there. <laughs> oh, I so love they, it. So they could read them and, and everything. Yes. And uh, the, next thing, the next thing is that uh, I'm uh, visually impaired. And I said, hey, I, I'll take a shot at it. Uh, the next thing I was wondering, and that was for myself, uh, did you have uh, um, possibly uh, – because I enjoy your teaching on the Constitution, but did you have any literature that that maybe you had recorded on CDs that uh, that um, that I could get my hands on because of my vision? Yes. So the, there's a couple of couple of options there. The Constitutional Live course that we do um, it comes in a box set with DVDs, but it has a CD in there so you can listen to the whole thing on audio. But honestly, you can also um, if some if someone else, I don't know if you're able to navigate YouTube or or um, uh, websites, but if you go there, you can listen. You can you can play Constitutional Live and still listen through the course. And even though we're showing pictures and slides and founding fathers and quotes and that sort of stuff, it's still really good to to learn it just auditorily and listen to it. So that would be one option. And then on the uh, hanging on the wall, the Declaration, the Gettysburg Address, brilliant by the way. Absolutely think you should do that, and everybody should. And I know Wall Builders has, I don't have it at Patriot Academy, but wallbuilders.com, I know they have posters of those documents, and they have posters of really cool historical figures and their and their stories. It's a great way to teach the kids and the grandkids. Um, so, yeah, absolutely good idea. In fact, let's just encourage everybody to do that. I, I remember giving, when American Family Association did the um, – the uh, uh, In God We Trust posters 25 years ago. I don't even know if I've told Walker about this, but I, I got I, I bought enough of those to send them to every one of the school districts in my district when I was a state rep, and I forget how many it was. It was dozens, and uh, to every campus of every school district, dozens of school districts, and then you know, I think it was hundreds of campuses, and, um, and, and most of them put it on the wall. So In God We Trust was on the school wall of most of those schools. One school district said no. They thought it was a violation of separation of church and state, so we showed up at the school board meeting with hundreds of parents wearing In God We Trust t-shirts, and that school board changed their mind. Imagine that, a little pressure uh, from the community, and they started putting those posters up. So <clears throat> I think fantastic idea, uh, Roy, and I think uh, everybody should look at ways to – it's kind of like putting Scripture on the guideposts, as we're told to do in the Bible. You're just putting that truth out there for your kids to see every day. All right, before we take the next call, another headline I wanted to share. Uh, I am so proud of this gal. She's uh, She's been playing for Virginia Tech's women's soccer team, and she was bullied and pressured by her coach to kneel during one of these woke, um, you know, BLM organizational things. And she said, listen, I support social justice. I believe absolutely that Black Lives Matter, but I don't support uh, the BLM organization, because as we know, they're they're communists. They, their tactics and their core tenets are defunding the police and LGBTQ and all this evil stuff. So <clears throat> anyway, she said no, and she wouldn't kneel. Her name is Kirsten Henning, if I'm saying that right, and uh, and her coach Charles Chugger Adair uh, uh, basically bullied her and made fun of her in front of the other students, yelled at her in the locker room, all this stuff because she wouldn't kneel. Well, she ended up. Um, you know, listen, you're 18, 19 years old. Sometimes it, you, you give in. And she ended up caving and, and kneeling at the next couple of games. And then she said, I can't do this. This violates my conscience. Anyway, she's got a lawsuit going against this coach. And the judge has, has allowed the lawsuit to go forward. Uh, I am really curious about where this thing's going to go. And I want to say hats off 
and 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 kudos to Kirsten Henning uh, for standing up for what she believes in and standing up for the Constitution and her right of free speech and her right of 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 of, of conscience and to not have to violate her conscience to be able to play sports. Man, the left. As Dennis Prager says, they ruin everything they touch. They destroy everything they touch, and they just destroyed sports in this country. I don't. The only sport I watch now is UFC. It's the only one that hasn't gone woke. And Dana White has allowed for free speech, no matter who you are. My buddy Benil Dariush, wonderful Christian guy uh, and great fighter, ranked number number four in in lightweight. Um, he's able to share the gospel, and, all, and so anyway, I just stopped watching Major League Baseball and all these other woke sports because. They've just ruined it with all this leftist nonsense. So I hope I hope that we can get sports back at some point. It's going to take a big effort. Okay, we only got, a, uh, I think, about a minute and a half left, but let's see if we can get one more call in. Hey, guys, help me out. Is it Laura May? No, Jake in Arkansas. We're going back to Arkansas. Jake, go ahead, buddy. We got just we got less than two minutes, but let's try it. Yes, sir, I'll make it real fast. I understand why the Democrats want the illegals to come in because of uh, They'll vote for them like you do good for somebody, and then they do good for you. Mm. And But if you think of me and you had to go to a different country and we don't have no money, how would we make it? So yeah. somebody is supporting the illegals when they get here because I could not go to another country without having money. I couldn't make it. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, you're right. They're definitely they, – they, that's their gamble. They really believe that they are bringing in an entire generation of Democrat voters. Now, I will say, Jake, I'm not so sure they're right. I'm not so sure they're right. I think the vast majority of those that are coming in are actually pro-family, pro-life, Catholics, and, and other you know religions. But I think that a lot of them are hardworking, most of them hardworking. They're looking for a better life, and they're coming to America for the American value system. The Democrat Party is tearing down the American value system. So I think it's going to backfire on them. The problem is that it's destroying so much of our country because of, of the bad people that are coming in with the good people. So that's the reason you got to have an actual immigration system and know who's coming in. Out of time, folks. Thanks for listening today. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You've been listening to AFA at the Core. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.